For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love the cross requires cling to the wall. Amen. Open your Bibles with me to the book of Job. And we're going to look at the life of Job today and what principles we can take from his life and apply to ours. What did God use him for? Why did he have to go through this? Why do these things happen? We're going to look at some of those things today. Why does God, uh, the old question is, as I've heard it many times and why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Because what does the Bible say about Job? God himself said about Job that he was an upright man. Uh, and it goes even much deeper than that. So we're going to look at that. But if you want to open your Bible with me to the book of Job, uh, go to Job chapter 23 and verse 8 is where we're going to start. Job chapter 23 and verse number 8. You know, by earthly standards, Job was a good man. Even God pointed out to Satan that Job is someone special. And we want to look at those trials today that Job went through. Now, Job was eventually exalted by God after he had humbled himself. So if I had to pick one lesson out of this whole book of Job... I would say make sure to always humble yourself because God cannot bless you until that you do. Amen? We saw that and we see that in the life of Job. Now look with me in verse number 8. Job chapter 23 and verse number 8. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandments of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Have you ever went through something and wondered, where is God? Lord, where are you? Do you know what I'm going through? Lord, I don't see you. I don't hear you. I don't know where you're at. I don't even know if you even know what's going on in my life, Lord. Where are you? I guarantee you Job felt that way. And he even says in that verse, he, he hideth himself on the right hand. Where is he at? I don't feel him. I don't see him. Remember that your feelings are simply what they are. They're simply feelings. They're not facts. I can feel one way, and the situation that I'm feeling a bad way about can be a totally good thing, but my feelings are wrong. 
your feelings can be wrong. And a lot of times our feelings are wrong. So all of us, all of us, and all of us wonder why people suffer. Why do I suffer sometimes? Why do you suffer at times? Why do some suffer greater than others? But listen to me. God has a great purpose in permitting trials in your life. As one person said, that you don't know the highs until you know the lows. And that is so true. If our lives were always smooth, if everything were easy, you would never grow in your faith. It would never cause you to grow. But listen to me, learning to trust God through our trials leads to triumph. Let me say that again. Learning to trust God in our trials always leads to triumph. If it's nothing more than teaching you to trust Him even more. If your situation never changes, but your trust in the Lord grows, there is triumph and victory in that because you trust Him. Amen? What does the Bible say without faith? What is faith? Faith is trusting God with myself, with the future, with my family, with everything that I have. Faith is trusting God. And the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please Him. You know, sometimes we wonder, well, this person has done so many bad things. Why do they have it good? And then this person that does all these good things, they wind up getting cancer and die. Or, or they get in an accident, or, or whatever the case may be. And, you know, the Word of God states that the rain falls on both the just and the unjust in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45. Now, that doesn't mean that God won't bless you for doing right. That doesn't mean that God won't bless you for doing good. I believe God will, whether it's in this life or an eternity's sake. And let me just say, there are many rewards that I hope that God holds on to, and He doesn't reward me in this life. He rewards me in eternity because the rewards that I get in this life will be burned up. They'll be gone away. I'll have to leave them behind. But the rewards that He gives me, those eternal rewards in heaven, you will get to keep for all eternity. Amen? So in our, in our head, in our mind, we know that this is true, that the, what the Bible says, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. But it might be a different in our hearts. We might have different expectations. We might expect different. Here's where the problem lies. We tend to think that if we're doing what is right, everything will go right. That's our human nature. We tend to think, if I'm doing right, everything's going to go right. Or at least should, should be right. But there's a big problem in that. God doesn't promise that. God promises if you do right, if you live righteous, if you're saved, if you're born again, you live a righteous life, that you will have rewards in heaven. Now, God may bless you this side of heaven, amen, and praise God for it. But let me just also put this in this, this disclaimer, that if God blesses you this side of heaven, it's not really for you. It's so that you can bless others, amen? So pass those blessings along. 
that thought, you know, it, it's appealing that if I do right, everything will be right, but it's not Bible truth. And because of our false expectations, we sometimes question God unjustly. You listen to me. God does not promise things will go well. He does not promise things will be perfect, but He does promise grace through those trials. He does promise His faithfulness in those trials. And let me tell you what human nature does. Let me tell you what I do. Let me tell you what you do. We want to know that little three-letter word. Why? Why, God? Why did you allow this to happen? Why did this person do that? Why did I get this? Why did I... Why, why, why? That's your human nature. But can I just say, you might not ever know why, and you probably won't fully understand why. We can't understand the meanings of God's trials. The Bible says that His way is much higher than our ways. And here's the thing. God's not under any obligation to explain them to you or to me. They're His trials. He's allowed it. You see, Satan could not touch Job. He couldn't touch Job's cow. Think about that. Satan could not touch Job's cow or cattle without talking to God and getting God's permission first. Satan can't even harm your puppy dog if God doesn't allow it. If you're a child of God and you belong to him, Satan can't even harm, he can't even harm your hamster without going to God first and God granting permission. Why? Because you belong to God. But then we want to question God. Why would you allow this to happen? Why, Lord? And you know, to, to explain that, that the why might totally destroy the meaning that God has for you in that trial. Maybe it's as simple as God wants to see simple faith and obedience to Him and His Word in that trial. You say, but I obeyed God. I did it. I did what He said. It was so hard. It didn't go right. And even though I obeyed Him, nothing went right. But you know what went right? Your obedience went right. And that's what God cares about, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. God puts so much emphasis on obedience. So if nothing else went right and everything went wrong except for you obey God, you win. You're in triumph. You're in glory. You're in good standing with God. Because without faith, it is impossible but to please, please Him. And to be obedient is better than sacrifice. So in your obedience, you are actually in victory with God. Amen? You don't need to understand why. You don't need to know why. You don't even know what's going to come out of it. Will good things out of it? The Bible says that good things will come out of it. Yea, that all that love godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but things will go good. All things work together for what? For His good. Now, hold on. It doesn't say for your good. It doesn't say for my good or my wife's good or my family's good or my kid's good or my grandchildren's good. It says for His good, for His glory. But can I just say, when God is glorified in that moment, Many times, we just get the after blessings, the blessings that, that, that fall off on the side, if you want to call it that. 
because the when it rains down blessings upon you it hits you and it bounces on to other people like a rain falling on a truck and just, you can just watch it it hits it but it sprinkles off everywhere blessings can be the same way amen the theme of job is there is blessing through suffering we don't like that but the truth is there is blessing through suffering james chapter 5 and verse 11 declares ye have heard of the patience of job it amazes me that worldly people that don't know anything about the bible don't never go to church or never been to church they know that saying that you have the patience of job now if you stop and think about that what an effect that is. Here, here's a man who lived in the Old Testament before the Lord Jesus Christ more than 2,000 years ago. But the world today has a saying from this man, the patience of Job. You see what's happening to you. You may not ever see the effects from it. You may not see what God's going to do with it. But I can promise you. Job couldn't see that we'd be preaching about him today. Job couldn't see that his life would be blessing people today to know that God is faithful in the midst of trials. You cannot see what God is going to do with you and your trial and your suffering. Amen. So without a doubt, there is a lot to learn from the life of this great man, Job. I'm very thankful that he was very faithful and trying. And you know, a lot of times Job's wife gets a bad rap because she said, just curse God and die. And that sounds horrible. But when you stop and go, wait a minute, this lady just lost all her children because Job in one day lost all of his cattle, lost all of his herds. His house got knocked down. He lost his home. He lost all his children. They all died. They all were killed. And you think, wait a minute, Job's wife went through the same thing. That was her money. That was her home. That was where her children. Now, I've heard a lot of preachers say, well, she's blaspheming God, just curse God and die. But you don't know her heart. You know what she said. Have you ever seen somebody dying of cancer and they are eating up? I'm talking about the skin is laying on the bones. And they look so bad. And you know what? You say to yourself, they'd just be better off dead. They're hurting so bad. I believe that's how Job's wife looked at him. Man, this is so bad. This is so devastating. Do you know how bad she was hurt, she, hurting she was, losing all her kids? And she looked at her husband, who was covered in boils, sitting in ashes, scraping himself, and going, you know what? You'd just be better off dead. This, this hurts way too bad. I just can't take it. I believe uh, that's how she felt. I believe she looked at him with pity and mercy and sorrow. And maybe she was a little angry with God. I do not know. I do not know her heart. But I do know that I think she gets a bad rap from a lot of preachers when you have to realize that she went through the same thing. Should she have said that? No, she should not have. How many times have you said something you shouldn't have? But your heart was not there with those words. You were saying it only because you were hurt. I believe she was the same way. So one man said, you ought to live your life in such a way that the pastor could tell the truth at your funeral. Boy, that's a powerful statement, isn't it? So I was listening to one preacher uh, just preach a funeral and 
He said, you know, we never come to a funeral and hear how bad they were, how much of a liar they were, how much of a thief they were, how much of a drug addict they were, or how terrible they were, or how whatever the case may be. You don't ever hear those things. We got nothing but good things to say and how great they are and how much they loved and how funny they were and this, that, and the other. And he's so right. And he said, we neglect the truth. We leave the gospel behind because we want to comfort people. But the truth is that they need the truth. And so what a great statement. Live your life in such a way that your pastor can tell the truth at your funeral. And you know exactly what that means. Live a good, godly, honest life. Another said, live your life in such a way that your family wouldn't be ashamed to sell your parrot to the town gossip. Listen to what A.W. Tozer says. And if you got a pen or a pencil, I, I would really like for you to write these things down. These are some ways that you are known by today. Not the way you know yourself. Not what you see when you look in the mirror. Not what you see in your own self. But how others think of you and how others see you. A.W. Tozer was a, was a great man, godly man. Had a good lot of good godly wisdom. Number one, what you want most. Wow, no people will know you. Number two, what you think about most will be how people know you. Number three, how you use your money will be how people know you. Number four, what we do with our leisure time will be how people think of you. The company that you enjoy will be how people think of you. Who and what you admire will be how people think of you. And listen to this one. What we laugh at, what you laugh at, will be how people think of you. We don't really think of that. We kind of brush that one off. But the truth is, I tell you what, if you're around people and they tell a raunchy joke or they got something really super negative, nasty to say, or or they got a dirty joke to tell and you laugh at it, you're, you know what you're saying? You're saying, I'm okay with that. I like that. I'm with that. I join that club. Sign me up for that party. That's exactly what you're saying by laughing at it. You're saying, I'm on that team. So be careful, even with your own laughter. Don't sign up for that team. So those are seven ways how people will know you. By looking at the life of Job, those seven things we can pick out. What, those, what will people say about those seven things in your life? Turn over to Job chapter 1 and verse 1 now. Job chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that was a perfect and upright. That man was perfect and upright. One that feared God and eschewed evil. This is God talking about Job. Job was perfect and upright. One that feared God and skewed evil. What a testimony to have. My goodness. I don't think I could put my name there, said Michael Sadler. Was a perfect and upright man. He feared God and skewed evil. I try to be a good Christian. I try to do the best that I can each and every day. Sometimes I fail. Sometimes I do great. Sometimes I'm in the valley. Sometimes I'm on a mountaintop. 
But I don't believe I could write that about myself, and I don't believe anybody would write that about me. But God Almighty saw it fit to put it in the book of Job that Job was a perfect man, upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. What a testimony to have. We should all strive to have that kind of testimony. And listen to me. According to the Strong's lexicon, perfect and upright are exactly synonymous in this passage. Perfect and upright. Job was literally living a life that was based upon right decisions. Are you living a life that is based upon right decisions? What is right? right what is righteousness? It's simply doing right. Are you making righteous decisions? He was living off decisions that were not simply upright before the world, but the decisions Job was making were upright before God. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that's all that matters. People are going to think you're something, you're this, you're that. Every one of us has got somebody that hates them. Every one of us has got somebody that looks down on them. And by the way, here's a side note. As I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, you know, it's the very people that a lot of these halo Christians and halo preachers and halo pastors look down upon. The ones that you're looking down upon will be the very ones that give you grace when you fall on your face in the mud. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Most of the time, that's what I've seen. And when I said that, he even agreed with me. Most of the time, when you're looking down on somebody, they're going to, when you fall on your face in the mud or you mess up real bad, they'll be the ones that show you grace and mercy. So he was an upright man. He was making upright decisions, righteous decisions. Uh, Dr. Bob Jones Sr. was, uh, he was very famous for his pithy phrases, his godly phrases. Among them, a simple and very powerful instruction. He would say, Something deep, he would say, do right. So simple, but yet so powerful. Do right. That says it all. Do righteous. Live holy. Make righteous decisions before God. Live uprightly before God. Be perfect and upright like Job and listen, Job was a man that was doing right. He did right. Amen? The most powerful thing about the recording of Job's life of righteousness was that his testimony was given by God himself. In Job chapter 1 and verse 1 that we just read, we'll read it again. This is God's testimony of Job. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Every one of us ought to strive to have a testimony like that, that God can give that testimony about you and about me. Amen? I'm not saying you might get there, but you should be striving to get there. What a great example Job was going through these hard, hurtful times, but yet he stayed faithful to God. In Scripture, the concept of fearing God deals with the respecting of God and His position. I have to believe that we are made in the likeness of God, that respecting God... See, a man cares much more about respect than he does love. And I know that sounds foreign to ladies, but a man knows what I'm talking about. A man would much rather live, if I had to have a pick and a choice, a man would much rather pick the choice of, I'd rather live without love in this world and have respect, rather than giving up respect. I can live without the love, but I'll take the respect. Because to a man, that is love. 
and God may be something like that. And that's why he says obedience. You're obeying. You're respecting his rules, what God says. Job certainly had a holy respect for God. Amen. I ask you today, under the sound of my voice, do you have a holy respect for God? Live uply, upright, and make righteous decisions. pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.